0: What's up, all? Aaron, but not that Aaron, here to tell you about Sip Pop Writers Room. For the past several years, there have been a growing amount of writers for SipPop.com, providing best ever challenges, movie reviews, themes, legacies, connections, and so much more. Sip Pop Writers Room is where that all comes together, giving a voice to those words that you read. And on the show, every week is excellent, getting to chat such a wide variety of movies with a wide variety of movie lovers. And I'm really having a lot of fun with the show, and I just think that you would too. So check out Sip Pop Writers Room wherever you listen to your podcast, and we'll see you over there. Just remember to knock first.
1: culture peers to a brand new episode of Quality Check Podcast. We are once again bringing you a new episode from yours truly, Drew Douglas and Daniel Posey. <laughs> is the, are you doing Ghostface? I'm trying my best, but today I'm having allergy issues and uh, it's not been easy. I uh, yeah. did that, uh, I think this past week, I'm like, man, I'm going to get in the voice acting game. No, I, I, was,
0: I was gonna say uh roger L Jackson has nothing to worry about his yeah. job is 100 percent secure
1: he he is safe although everyone in the scream franchise is not safe because as teased we are talking about scream or uh, as I will say for the rest of this episode scream five because that's exactly what it is so let's go ahead and dive right into it for scream five or scream 2022. <laughs>
0: There's certain rules to surviving. Believe me, I know. They always come back. The killer is a part of something in the past. This one just feels different.
1: You're all in danger. Love with Sydney.
0: Did you want me to do the stats on this? Yeah. We got two directors, uh, Matt and Bettine- Bettinelli Alpen <laughs> and Tyler <laughs> Gillette. Uh, we have a bunch of cast members, including Melissa Barrera. Your boy, Jack Quaid, is in this. Mm. We got Dylan Minnette. We have Mason Gooding, who I didn't know is apparently the son of Cuba Gooding Jr.
1: Did not know that until today.
0: Handsome young man. Uh, my wife thought he was very attractive. It's good because looking dude. I. He's a good-looking dude, and I said that. I said you're not going to get me jealous. <laughs> I got to watch Nev Campbell for another two hours of my life. That was fantastic. <laughs> uh, mentioned yet? Nev Campbell, David Arquette, Courtney Cox. Uh, this was released January 14th in the cold month, January 14th, but it lit up the box office thirty, uh, basically thirty-one million dollars in its opening weekend. Which, more than its budget, yeah. More than its budget. It's, I think. Nearly toppled the 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 entire amount that Scream Four made in 2011. Mm-hmm. I think this could be a huge year for horror.
1: Yeah, uh, I think it's setting setting the stage for sure. Uh, this is very good news, not only for the Scream franchise, but like you said, for I think horror going forward. But then again, horror's done really well during the pandemic because what was it? An analyst said uh, you were reading that um, an analyst had along the lines of paraphrasing that film fans who love horror don't care about COVID. They're just going out to the box office no matter what.
0: It's, it's it, they, it tends to skew young audiences, and they are less likely to be probably turned off by a global pandemic. <laughs> 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 uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, not, we, we got 201 reviews. It currently sits at 75%. So if we go back... I predicted 83%. You predicted 68%. Very close. I was 8% off. You were 7% off. So you actually win this one. And we're going to be keeping track of our Rotten Tomatoes predictions from January through June. And the winner gets bragging rights we really don't have any money <laughs> to spend on this
1: we always put money on the line but we had to scale that back because we're broke at this point
0: we're flat broke no one listens to the show we don't get any money in terms of i don't know sponsors
1: <laughs> we uh, we As are
0: we're on the verge of cancellation
1: we yeah we're back to that we're on the bubble and that's unfortunate because we've got a lot of fun things that are in the works to talk about outside of horror, although it's mainly horror.
0: It's always horror. Uh, so if we've done four movies this year. Not we're, we don't need to linger on the Rotten Tomatoes game. Just a heads up, we're just going to keep tabs for the first half of the year. I'm currently up three to one.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it, it was it was a clean sweep for
0: those first three movies of the year.
1: It's it's definitely a rare win for myself because I was not expecting this to be a win and especially whenever i saw the score you and i were both trying to avoid the score and actually avoid everything about scream five before going in and watching this movie i saw i saw the score like maybe two hours before going in to see the movie i'm like of course that sucks
0: (laughs) did it bum you out because i told you a couple days before the movie came out they posted and i it was at 86 percent so I went into the movie, I think, the next night thinking that. And then I got on and just... Because uh, I had avoided everything, too. And it had dropped to about, I think, 76.
1: You know, before before reading the reviews and before walking into the theater, I just felt like this movie wouldn't do that great. So not only with the score, but also the box office surprised Ooh. me overall.
0: So critics like this movie. It seems like fans were really satisfied with what they saw. Do you think... Scream 2022 is a worthy successor of this iconic franchise, or is it a little too meta and or recycled?
1: I dig it overall. I I walked out of the movie really enjoying it, and I think that's part of the DNA of Scream, though. It is very meta, and I think it's supposed to almost be a check on not only horror genre, but slasher genre big time. Uh, And I enjoyed that. I think that what we got is, dare I say, what we deserve. Um, I don't think it was gutsy in areas. Like it could have been a little more uh, edgy, maybe a little more risky, but overall I'm pretty satisfied with it. I would say overall, I I liked it. What about yourself?
0: I dug it. This is one where, and this is with, a lot of movies, I say this every single time, but I need to rewatch it. Because the entire movie, you're building on the idea of who are the killers mm-hmm. and or killer. So I'm watching it in that frame of mind, just trying to figure it out. And I thought the Jack Quaid thing seemed pretty obvious and it turned out to be true. Um, But the girl, his accomplice, was almost felt like out of left field because I honestly do not remember her in most of the movie (laughs) (laughs) like I had to be like go I had to go oh my she's been in this movie I know that I'm not stupid we should also say by the way spoiler alert (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) the alarms went the alarms should have gone off like three and a half minutes ago (laughs) but if you're listening to this and you haven't seen the movie again what are you doing? What are you doing with your life? You have to go see it. Just go see it. But when she pulls the gun out and she blasts that chick right in the face uh, and she's completely unmasked when she did it, I was shocked, but she's like done nothing. This entire <laughs> movie really, right? Did she... What'd you think about the ghost face reveal?
1: Um, Jack Quaid, I love. Uh, Richie, fantastic. I... Did, did you
0: see it coming though? Like did, Didn't that seem... And they play into that because they have rules. And Dewey at one point is like, you got to look at your love interest. It's him. I thought it was a misdirect.
1: You know, I will say that this was me wanting my one of my two predictions to come true. Uh, one of those two predictions is that there would be three killers involved. Mm. Of that, I wanted him to be involved. And I wanted Ortega or the sister, the younger sister who's attacked, at the very beginning of the movie. I wanted her to be involved so that it's almost like a love triangle between her, Amber, and then they both reached out to Richie to set the stage months ago. And I thought that would be great. That would be great to change it up. Um, Even Sidney Prescott says on the stairs, man, you got to come up with new material. Once again, throwing into some kind of that meta, very meta, because it goes back to the first screen uh, and a lot of this movie, I think hinges on that, but um, I maybe too much.
0: I wish it had detached itself a little bit more mm-hmm. though. I understand completely why they did it.
1: Yeah. And, and I'll say more about why that I, I completely agree with what you said, because it could be a detriment on this film and ways that it clings to the first one. But in terms of ghost phase, uh, the killers, I, I was really hoping that would be three to change it up, but also to really build in just this chaos of it. I think that would really make for a great chaotic conclusion. Although we got that, it would have just been a better rewatch. I think, um, Richie, I enjoyed Amber, I think was weak. And especially in the reveal, I did enjoy, especially in fact, Rich, Richie got shot by Sydney when she was, Going through and checking the doors, I dug that aspect. And um, I like that, but... uh,
0: Like an unexpected injury.
1: Yeah, and...
0: He he becomes obvious at that point because he had already encountered Ghostface like two two or three times. Yeah. And he comes out of the closet, they see Ghostface and he literally shrieks, it's Ghostface. (laughs) I'm like, why are you suddenly... (laughs) You're suddenly (laughs) reacting in a strange way. You are clearly one of the villains.
1: Yeah, I, so, I didn't want it to be him for the movie until, you know, the moment I knew that Richie was one of the two or one of the three. I had hoped that is one of the three until the very end. Um, but the moment I knew was whenever Ghostface gets blasted by Dewey in the hospital and you see the look on Jack Quaid's face. That's where I think Jack Quaid is a great actor because he gave away just enough that I'm like, he's part of it. He wasn't like freaked. You could tell like he wasn't saying anything, but in his mind, he was like, oh, we might've just killed Amber. And without Amber, he couldn't have finished it. Let's face it. Richie would be no match <laughs> to the rest of them without the help of just someone off the rails like Amber.
0: In the hospital too, he gets like this very superficial scratch. I'm like, he gets cut. It's it's obviously not enough to really put his life in danger yeah um and usually when you're attacked that way it's it it means that we win easy on you for a reason because they do that with jill and screen four and i'm sure they've done it in basically all of these movies like, i like the amber aspect in that she lives in Stu's house old house i think that's kind of fun channeling him it just she just didn't leave an impact um richie's Like I said, I felt it felt obvious to me, but I think it works. I like that this one digs into this like toxic movie fan culture. Yeah. That's kind of taken over the last two or three years, it seems like. In this case, we have two wackos who are intentionally trying to revive Ghostface to um, reboot the Stab franchise, you know, (laughs) the way they think it should be rebooted, which is. I think an interesting idea, though. I I also think it's too similar to Scream Four, which revolves around two killers doing it because they want to be social media stars, basically.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: and I do like that Richie. The entire movie is is watching the stab movies, and you think it's because he's trying to catch up, <laughs> but he's really just like an obsessed maniac. <laughs> I thought that was actually. I was like, oh, that's that. I think that's clever and fun.
1: Um, I will say, I was really hoping that it'd be the twins where mm,
0: that would just ruin Randy in some degree because
1: yeah I you know. know and that's where I just I was really hoping that it would be them because especially toward the end with the whole leaning heavily into Randy which I think both of those two the 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 twins I loved Um, but with that being the case it was toward the end I'm like wow what if it's both of them and it's Richie I kept trying to play off that idea of of having three but I mean just the fact that we get uh Billy you know that was that was a total surprise I did not expect that but I think that's a really cool way to hinge this movie
0: it was it was really a big shocker where (laughs) my mouth dropped and I looked over at my wife and I was like (laughs) OMG the return of skeet they
1: actually freaking shot with him and they just deaged oh, him. Oh, yeah.
0: And they deaged him, which it didn't look as good as some of the other ones, but it still looked pretty good.
1: I think it works because it's supposed to be a, like a vision, you know, like a weird, trippy viewing yeah. of him. And that's where I think it works.
0: So you love this early. I mean, and this happens early in the movie, too. Yeah. Our main character, Sam Carpenter, um, we find out she's the secret daughter of the late, great Billy Loomis. Again, one of the OG killers in the first movie. You love that.
1: I do. 100%.
0: I do too. And I also also think minor complaint um, throughout the movie, we see her basically having visions of Billy. One, I think they might have done that one too many times. Yeah. And then two, by the end of this movie, she is fighting for her life. She has a vision of dear old dad, <laughs> serial killer dad who is just a complete maniac. Covered I want to remind blood. you, <laughs> he's covered in blood, and he basically helps her survive. What were they doing with that? I didn't like that. They he helps her find the knife. He like guides her towards the knife that she uses to fend off the attacker and survive. I thought that was a weird choice.
1: Yes, but also I think it builds to his. This is going to sound weird, uh, but the the legacy in terms of him haunting her, um, that's really weird to say, but it's basically just the fact that he's looming over her. And I love the fact that he helps her survive, I think, for another day to continue haunting her. And beyond this, I love that idea, the psychology of... What happens whenever a character like this has nothing to do with it, but they are having to suffer from the consequences of who came before? Because then, just like you have this character dealing with a, am I going to be just like my my serial killer dad? Um, But I like that aspect because of that reason that she survived and he helped her survive so that he can keep tormenting her to become his replacement. And there's a possibility she could give in. And I'm sure, like you said, dear old dad, he would have loved to see her stabbing Richie all those times while she was like <laughs> on top of him just going to freaking town.
0: Whether whether she's good or bad, he just wants to see like just hardcore violence. <laughs> yeah. He's okay with that. Did you like uh, Melissa Barrera, by the way, as Sam Carpenter? She a good... I don't want to say replacement for Sydney Prescott, but she is definitely someone that they're wanting to kind of push this in this, I guess, potential new trilogy moving forward.
1: I liked her, but in terms of hinging her on like the main actress, eh, I think her sister, Jenna Ortega, was better. Going back to trying to figure out
0: who, like watching this movie, you, who would you have bet money on leading up to the reveal? You don't know yet. Who would you have bet the money on besides Richie? Cause I would have said, it's gotta be Tara. Like everything about her. And I think it was intentionally well done, but she was so suspicious the entire movie.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think they did uh, play that up in a great way because I kept, I honestly thought that she has animosity, but also she, like you said, she's been acting extremely suspicious. And I kept thinking she had worked with Richie uh, and, and if she, she got her sister an- up, exactly. Yeah. And I thought, Oh, this would be great. And then she like maybe secretly loves or, you know, they're trying to keep this a secret or maybe they're not a secret, but her and Amber. Um, but yeah, I, I kept, you know, building up to the end thinking, well, maybe that's the case. And I, I didn't want Richie to be a part of the killers, but I will say for a better lead, I think it'd be interesting if we focused on the twins where they're, they love the stab movies, but they're like the good side. And then we have the negative side, like the Richie's who are like, we got to fix this. But then you've got the others like Mindy and her brother who uh, they're, they're thinking, well, They're fun. Like, we like watching the movies for what they are. They're exactly, you know, you go into it and you get exactly what you expect. And so we're fine if we get another one or we just have the ones that we're left with. I think that would have been an interesting counter argument, so to speak. And I think they're strong enough to base moving forward the new characters off of them and like how the twins survive. Or maybe you kill off one and it's like how they, are able to cope with that because it sets the stakes up. Uh, Because Sam was fine. I just felt like there were stronger characters.
0: One character I knew who would not be the killer was Dylan Minnette because once they say his name is Wes, I'm like, okay, that's obviously an homage to OG director Wes Craven. Mm -hmm. And there's no way on earth they're going to make him the killer. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) That would have been a huge insult to the late, great Wes Craven. Um, now, what do you think about the uh, the OG cast? Ooh. Specifically how Sydney Dewey, and Gale are brought back into the fold and how just they're used in general. Because minus Dewey, who I actually thought they used very well. Yeah. I didn't necessarily like how they used Sydney and Gale. They're both basically non-existent to the plot. Sydney's barely in this movie. Yeah. And they're really just there for the final act to... For whatever reason, like there was no real reason to have him.
1: I agree. I especially the way when Dewey they set up Dewey to be. That is like kind of the main focus in terms of Sydney shows up is right after Dewey dies, and that has there's there's no time to basically reflect on that or mourn. And then Gale arrives before he dies, literally leading up to it. And for both of those characters to arrive, it makes sense for Gale, but I do think both of those characters were wasted. If you bring them back, I still say, once again, going back to my other prediction that they were going to kill off the three main OG characters. I wish that they did, in terms of if they bring them back, then you completely start over. Or like you said, you give them a happy ending where, say, Dewey leaves or something, and then he calls Sydney and Sydney's like, Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm never returning. I will not return. And
0: yeah, she's the, got kids and a husband now. Just stay and, away.
1: Yeah. And I just for, for the way they brought those characters back, I liked the Dewey regard, but the same as you would say, ah, oh, that stinks after like the last screen movie and I enjoyed the way they used him, but at the same time, like, all right, if they continue, they're going to have to kind of like star Wars where spoiler alert, if you have mm-hmm. not, you know, watch those movies. Um, so in the next 15 second spoiler alert on this, but they kill off basically all the OG characters of star Wars in each film that comes out from where a force awakens to uh, Rise of Skywalker. So same way yeah. with these. If they have three scream movies that <laughs> follow, are they going to kill off Gale next they, and then Sydney? They
0: just should not be in these movies from this point forward. And I hate to yeah. see that. I kind of wish they would have. They go to Dewey to get help. He helps them, dies, and then that leaks out to Sydney and Gale, and that's what brings them back rather than him bringing them back. Yeah. I don't know. I just I didn't think they were used very well. And uh, I'm, I'm actually going to say I hate I hated that. I hated uh, yep the way they were use minus Dewey.
1: Yeah, me too. Or what would have been crazy is if the killers actually get away, and that's whenever Sydney and Gail arrive in town setting up for the sequel. I mean
0: Yeah. And then they're 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 there to help the next thing. Yeah. Know? And because that makes more sense. It just I mean, we really don't meet Sydney until about 45 minutes into the movie. And then she's she's not really a factor until the final Seen in the house, and even then, I mean, she's just wandering around with a gun. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. It it was it was a major waste.
0: So, loves hates the the kills. Did any stand
1: out? I do loves the kills. I have to say, probably my favorite is the Judy Hicks and Wes Ooh. just that double feature of Stab Town because. We get, which surprised me, Ghostface jumping out of the bushes to stab Judy as she's running up. Broad and daylight.
0: Then, There's so many great shots of just Ghostface in this movie, by the yeah. way, maybe of the entire franchise of these, these lingering shots of him or her standing over a body <laughs> or these tight <laughs> shots of the mask looking down at them.
1: Yeah. And that's, I I think the framing, especially of Ghostface works really well. And Um, but just that entire sequence of the Hicks massacre, uh, and also the way Wes freaking goes out, getting the knife jammed into his jaw like that. (laughs) Jeez. But yeah, that's my favorite of the He's waiting
0: on Mom to come home. He gets stabbed in the face. He doesn't even know she's out there bleeding.
1: And we got Mm -hmm. to bring back the uh, Her Lemon Bars from Scream 4.
0: That was fun. I wonder if they taste like ass, like (laughs) Gail says or not. I mean, there's plenty of ghost face stupidity You know, the killer's frequently just fumbling all over the place when it kills. But I kind of liked how brutal Ghostface is in this one. The Kyle Gallner kill outside the the bar, Ghostface is just behind him. And I think, I'm pretty confident, just stabs him one time in the neck.
1: Yes. (laughs) And then he
0: like falls to the ground and is like crawling away. And then maybe Ghostface comes over and stabs him again. But it was just like this jab to the neck. And then it kind of... You just see the head kind of cock and he's just like watching it. Watching him like <laughs> I'm like, Oh my goodness. And then another point, Ghostface stomps on and breaks a character's ankle, which yeah, I haven't seen Ghostface do that, I don't think, in the first four movies. So the the brutality was upped a little bit. I saw people online complaining that it wasn't as brutal as Halloween kills, which goodness. I agree with. But I still think it was pretty gruesome. Like, what are these people watching? That that is this is not gruesome enough for them.
1: Yeah, I mean the fact that you end up having the some of those kills like that with Vince standing outside of the bar. And speaking of, I was going to say another thing that makes that kill great is shout out to anyone who watches Peaky Blinders because that song that's playing. Oh yeah, well
0: that's from the first movie too. Nick Cave in the Bad Seeds.
1: Yeah. And, and I was like, uh, oh, that's a, a great call out for two in two different ways. And I was surprised that they brought that back in that way. But it was a, yeah, it was cool.
0: That's a good little Easter egg, I think. I don't know. It might being weird, but did they make the mistake of not killing off more of the main cast? Because by the end of this movie, Sam, Tara, Chad, and Mindy survive.
1: Yeah. And there's no way freaking Chad survived that.
0: Yeah. That didn't make any sense. I guess for reference, the original Scream had a handful of survivors. Of the core cast, which I consider to be Sidney, Dewey, Gale, Stu, Tatum, Billy, and Randy, four of those people survived. Five if you count Stu. Now, I have no idea if this is still canon. Matthew Lillard said years ago that he was originally supposed to be the villain in the third movie. Have you ever heard about this? No. So I didn't know that the idea was that Stu survives and the twist in that movie was supposed to be that Stu is in prison and there's like this ghost face cult that's killing off teens in Woodsboro. And Lillard said the script was, I guess he's like masterminding this whole thing from prison. And that script was tossed out because of the Columbine High School shooting. Ooh,
1: Because
0: uh, I guess they were supposed to start shooting relatively close to when that happened and they tossed the script out because obviously kids are getting hacked <laughs> or they were <laughs> shot up in that scenario but in this film they were being uh, butchered by this cult i leaning into this movie i had read that and i go oh man a twist would be what if Ra- one what if randy's still alive somehow and mm. he's the killer or because we knew his nephews were in this movie or what if Stu is the killer and they go back uh, that's how you bring it back to the original. How wild would that be?
1: Yeah, yeah. I wonder if maybe they do work that in somehow to the next film because they're already in talks to create a sequel based off of this movie.
0: Yeah, I, they need to do. We need. We need to do at least two more. <laughs> yeah. I hope it's like no. Ne- I literally hope this never ends because I. Which,
1: do you do you love all the meta jokes? Where I think it's whenever. Richie's on the bed watching just commentary online, like a YouTube video of people talking about the stab franchise. They're like, it really goes off the rails after stab five.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's stab five. And they they mention specifically how bad Stab 8 is, and they say it's from the guy that did knives out. So it's a knock on <laughs> it's a knock on Ryan Johnson and his <laughs> last Jedi movie, which the freaking fanboys went nuts for. <laughs> And complained and just said, Star Wars is ruined, which I thought was funny. Another thing. So he's watching like this stab eight. We see like the trailer for it or whatever. And it's the chrome face. But if you notice on one of like the recommended videos, it says like interview with survivor with Kirby from Scream 4. So now we know that she survived. That's the Hayden Pantier character. Okay. I always kind of wonder if they were going to bring her back.
1: That's what I've always, yeah. That that is that would be a cool way for, or especially the fact that they make a joke about Judy Hicks right before they have the Hicks massacre, and they tell what's like, oh, don't worry, you're safe. No one cares about the spinoff characters.
0: <laughs> exactly, and I told you that on our last podcast. You mentioned something about her being like noji You kind of just. Said she was an OG character, and then corrected yourself. And I was like, nobody cares about freaking Judy Dix. You're not seeing this movie for her. And then they literally said that in the movie, and I about crap my pants.
1: And they kill her immediately after. And they kill her.
0: That you know, thinking about that, that is the best kill because it is just it's built so well. Yeah. And there's so many fake outs in the West West death. Mm-hmm. But you constantly think he's like behind the fridge, and then eventually is. Uh, yeah, great, great death too. A knife to the cheek. Jeez. Oh, nice knife to the neck.
1: I, you know, and then I was thinking about it while watching this. And I'm like, if I went, I bet you anything, it, would, it I would die that way. Where it's like trying to find them off and it's a slow jab into the <laughs> cheek my, like that.
0: Mine would be like in my eyeball or something. Oh, which would just be the worst thing imaginable. <sighs> now, when yeah. you say this is your favorite Scream sequel, five hmm. movies in, fourth sequel. It's up there for me. I still like Scream 4 up until the very end. And Scream 2, I still like.
1: Yeah. And that's where, honestly, I'm going to have to say, no, it's not. Because after watching this and it ended, I thought, I really enjoyed that. That was a lot of fun. I do wish they changed a few things and mixed it up a little bit. Because I think they were trying to replicate too much of the original. And like you said, they just need to move on. So that's why I'm going to say, no, it's not my favorite.
0: Honestly, if they had used the OG characters a little better, all three of them, this this would have been a knockout.
1: Yeah, well, and I think if they just tweak a few things where you possibly wipe out most, or how, I know this is very, would be controversial, but what if no one survives but the killers, and then you've got your OG, maybe Dewey still dies, but then you bring back Sydney and Gale, but you don't see them until the very end. And you're left with that looming idea of like, you know, the killers had this epic conclusion, but then it changes the game with the OG characters coming in town to bury Dewey. And then they're like, oh, we've got one more in this, or whatever. i so, they're
0: or they're gonna like figure it out.
1: Yeah. And yeah, exactly. And so I think then it I keep thinking of different ideas or paths they've could have gone to mix it up where it is a fake out. Where you do think it's setting up to be like the OG, the first Scream, and then they change it. They completely completely flip the script, which I think would be meta within meta, because that's exactly what Scream does. But um, and And that's that's I mean, I think
0: that's good because you've you've already have your established character, so when they suddenly return, you don't really have to set it up, it's just the killer succeed, and then you've set up this thing where, well, maybe not because Sidney Prescott's back.
1: And Like, that would leave everyone on the edge because then you, I feel like for the fans that don't know those characters and you say this is the first one you're watching, it's like, oh, wait, what's going on with them? You go back and rediscover their story. And then for those that do know, it's like you're freaking out because you're like, oh, you know, their lives are now at stake because killers are on the loose. But and here talking about this, and then uh, the movie is about uh, toxic fanboys. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and you were like ripping. R- yeah oh, this
0: wasn't what I wanted.
1: But I, I mean, overall, though, that's where looking at this movie, I can overlook some of that, but that's where it just, um, I won't say the movie suffered, but it's that's where I would not rank it as high as another sequel. I'll say that.
0: I, I, the entire time, I once we got into the toxic fanboy thing, I just kept thinking about Zack Snyder's um, <laughs> cronies <laughs> on the internet who just like tweet the most insane things you could ever imagine. <laughs> um, so is this your least favorite scream? If you had to rank these, what's number five? It can't be lower than scream
1: three. Yeah, no, this is not my least favorite. Uh, definitely not. I would say. At the bottom of that list for ranking the scream films, I would say it goes number three. Three, three is the bottom.
0: Kind of thinking, about, I don't think that movie's perfect. I don't think it's great, but I like that Sydney's kind of given closure in that movie mm-hmm. in, in a way that none of the other ones really have, and I like that. It's, that's when you kind of should have broke it off and started new, but um, I think I think maybe we're at that point. I, I hopefully we're kind of let's just move on. Let's just bring in these new characters and see where they go. And um, I and,
1: and I also, let me reiterate the fact that I don't hate Scream 3. I just think that of all of the movies, it's my least favorite. Because like you yeah. said, there are things that they do in that film that I'm actually, I'm okay with. I just think it's the weakest installment.
0: Um, did you have an entertaining crowd? Was it busy at your screening? Because mine was actually pretty packed.
1: It was... Um, so once again the auditorium was like just under 300 it was like seats 298 uh i know that because of the capacity walking in it's not like off (laughs) the uh, the top of my head i know you got them memorized uh, no Uh,
0: i mean this sounds weird but at the regal i got go to downtown i know theater six is the one i love the most or auditorium six
1: is it like the biggest one, the
0: largest? No, it's not the big. I just love the way, because it's one of those where you, you walk in and then you walk down stairs oh. to get to your seat. It's like mm-hmm. the stadium seating. And it's usually where they put the big Thursday night screenings. And it's just my favorite uh, auditorium. So I get what you're saying. Like I've gotten tickets and and then it shows you obviously where you're going to be. And I'm like, oh crap, it's, it's theater or auditorium
1: four. I wish it was <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah. And that's, um, so this was, this was shown on one of the largest screens, which I was surprised. I thought they'd keep Spider-Man on one of those screens, but, um, of those uh, of that auditorium being the largest, uh, or one of the two largest in this theater, it probably got about 12 people total, which is sad, but yeah, that's not good. But at the same time for the theater, it was, it was okay. Uh, very spread out, but the reactions were fun. I will say that because in the back left corner, there were two, I would say, teenager college uh, girls and they were laughing at all, like the jokes they wrote for this movie that they were intending to hit with the younger crowd hit because they were <laughs> laughing with them. And that's, <laughs> I found that funny. And then you've got your OG fans sitting like three rows in front of me because, you know, leading up to it, they were talking about their love for the Scream franchise. And that was fun listening to them. And then, you know, whenever they would show various things, like when the Dewey theme song started playing, mm-hmm. they got into it like, oh, yeah. And it's like, so that hit the feels for me. And like it was very subtle responses outside of the, the younger girls laughing. But It was like a fun mix and they all had different reactions. But um, I'll say like this plus Spider-Man, this is once again another fun trend of people actually reacting in a fun way. It's not like, you know, you've got people reacting. They're not supposed to be reacting. But I almost thought about when we talked about when Dewey or one of the OG characters come on screen where I just stand up and start clapping. I'm like, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) yeah.
0: Dewey's back. Well, we had people when um the female killer was her name Amber. Like I literally Amber, don't yeah. when <laughs> she get when she dies, she has a one just a wild death in general. Basically, but when she's lit on fire or like explodes or whatever, uh, we had a guy <laughs> he was <laughs> He like clapped. I'm I'm not even kidding. For about 25 seconds, <laughs> was just it was just like clapping, and I was like, okay. After about that it was like around 15 or so seconds, I'm like, all right, you we, you've exhausted the clap. And then when Richie died, he, it was silent. I'm like, that's the one.
1: It's like the mastermind behind this whole thing. You know the funny thing about Amber, the actress who plays her. You know, she also has another wild death and once yeah. upon a time in Hollywood. Isn't
0: it the same freaking death? Isn't it yeah. a flamethrower death?
1: Yes. She's it's the typecast. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
0: I need a girl that can die via flamethrower.
1: <laughs> oh, I have well, the watch.
0: perfect one for you.
1: I, I bet you anything. She was the one who put on that uh, flame suit. And she actually, it's like, I'll do it. I don't need to stunt double. I. Quentin Tarantino made me do this. I think I'm good. <laughs> that
0: was a vile death.
1: Yeah. I, so, well, continuing with the, the ranking, though, the screams, I would say for me, bottom would be three. Then I would actually say two. Yeah. And then I would go, so i two, go three, two, uh, five. So this one. And then four, and then one. One, one, the OG, it just, it changed the game. And I think set a foundation that is hard to, if this movie changed the things we talked about, I think it could come close. I think it would have been number two for me, to be honest.
0: I don't think anything could top that first one, just because that collection of characters. I just love almost every single one of them. Yeah. And it's, It wasn't a knock on these new characters in this new one, but I was like, man, it's it's just not the same. They'll never be able to recreate how awesome all of those characters are. I'd probably do Scream 3 as my uh, least favorite. Mm, I'm going to put Scream 5 at number 4 for the moment. Then I'll do Scream 4, Scream 2, and Scream 1. Though, honestly, Spots 2 and 3 could flip-flop because I still think Scream 4 is underrated.
1: That's, uh, you know, I'm just surprised that Scream 4 doesn't get as much love. I'm just surprised by that because I wasn't expecting much whenever I went in to see that, and I didn't see it in the theater. But whenever I watched it, I thought, that's a a solid movie. Like, I'm hearing people crap on this. And then after uh, watching it a second time, I thought, this is still an enjoyable movie. I like it more than most, apparently more than freaking Richie. Let me ask you, this is the first Scream movie. We did not have Wes Craven behind the camera as director. And instead, we have the Ready or Not guys who did that. Do you think they added something different to the Scream franchise? And would you like to see them return for the Scream 6 film?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I thought it looked great. And again, some of these, I, I think Ghost Faces never looked better.
1: Yeah, well, especially the different types of ghost face, including chrome ghost face.
0: I could use actual chrome face minus the flamethrower.
1: <laughs> Which honestly, I bet you anything they'll do that with minus a flamethrower, but I think they'll have the, the chrome uh, ghost face coming up soon. I I feel like that's foreshadowing. I think we will have some breadcrumbs that are leading us to what they'll do in the future uh, installments, I really do think we'll get like the Chrome ghost face. And I think there are other things that are revealed during Richie's rewatch of all of the, or technically his, well, yeah, his rewatch of all of the stabs that there's something from those that we can expect in future movies. I I bet you anything. That's the case.
0: I hope hopefully we find out sooner than within 11 years or 10 years. Ooh.
1: Oh yeah. I bet you anything. The next one comes out next year. Oh, I'm serious. I'm okay.
0: I'm, I mean, I'm okay with that.
1: That's I now. I think that they'll come out with it more towards October. So that gives them a year and a half to make it to write yeah.
0: it. I was going to say, man, one thing I did miss, and this is not directed toward the movie at all, but I wish this would have come out in the fall.
1: Yeah. It, it's very fall. It feels very fall.
0: This October is it was too packed, but I mean, maybe next, maybe twenty twenty three, fall of twenty twenty three.
1: That's honestly, that's my guess. I I really could see that happening because it won't take them long to shoot it and uh, to piece it together. It'll be fast, and um, you know they're already in the development stages of trying to get the sixth film off the ground. So I, I that's my prediction. I'll say a year and a half from now. We'll be doing a podcast episode on Scream 6.
0: I'm okay with that. I'd, I'd be interested if uh, Kevin Williamson wrote this this new one. Interesting. Bring him back. See what he can do. Though, you know, I say that and I, I like... And, you know, you can't replace what Wes did. And obviously, he's dead. So, um, there was a reason to replace the directors or the director. But... It is nice to have a fresh pair of eyes on this thing and just like, hey, how can we spin this? And uh, so maybe we don't bring Williamson back. Maybe you just continually have somebody new.
1: The other thing, too, do you and I wanted to ask you in terms of with this being the first time that we get this on the big screen, whereas we have the TV show screen. Did you watch that? Did you see that?
0: Man, I started season one on MTV and I don't think I finished it. It was pretty bad.
1: Well, that's where I'm wondering, like, could this have legs to come back? Because that TV series ended uh, three years ago now in 2019.
0: And it switched to VH1. It like kind of got rebooted. Oh, weird. I think this is something that's ripe for like a six episode series, but you have to you can't. I mean, the MTV thing was garbage. <laughs> like, you need somebody that can actually write decently. And, um, and if we're gonna get something like what that show was, which I am tempted to re- like watch it again, just because I like the franchise so much, I'd rather just have movies. If we're if you're gonna make that again, just just stick to the movies.
1: Well. Film fans, pop culture peers, thanks for joining us. I think next episode we're going to uh, do a little bit of what we're watching currently. And then also there's something that I have to tell Drew, it is a big reveal. Stick with us so we don't get canceled.